All righty. I think it's about time to wrap it up and unveil my top five NFL teams following the free agency period. Here we go. Number one. At number one, I have the Super Bowl champion Philadelphia Eagles. As a Pats fan, it still doesn't feel right saying that, but the Eagles are more than deserving of the top spot on this list. The rich get richer next season with the return of Carson Wentz, an emerging talent in the league last season before he tore his ACL, and the Eagles also added to their biggest strength in trading for defensive end Michael Bennett from the Seattle Seahawks. The Eagles' defensive line was scary enough as it is, and now with the thought of Michael Bennett running through right tackles off the line of scrimmage for the Eagles, the NFC South should be very, very scared. Another move that I really liked the Eagles making was the addition of Mike Wallace. Presumably, Wallace will take the role that Torrey Smith had last season, but Smith wasn't consistently able to create separation on deep routes that they like to run him on. Even in his later years, Mike Wallace is still a threat to run by defenders in a hurry. Managing his snaps as a number three receiver can be very beneficial at this stage of his career, and it's a very solid pickup for the Eagles. Number two. At number two, I have the New England Patriots, and given their history in free agency and moving players around, I refuse to place the AFC champions any lower on this list. Yes, the Patriots did lose a lot this offseason with the departures of Malcolm Butler, Deion Lewis, both of who went to the Titans, who's coached by former Patriot Mike Vrabel, and Nate Solder and Danny Amendola. But this is the Patriots we're talking about. All they've done for the last 15 to 20 years is plug and place new guys on a yearly basis, and they've had success with all of them. The moves they did make later in free agency were very strong. They needed a pass rusher, and they went after Adrian Claiborne from the Atlanta Falcons for another great signing. With the return of Dante Hightower, who played a lot on the edge in his time with the team last season in the anticipated return of rookie Derek Rivers, the Patriots filled their pass rushing need. They'll also most likely bring back James Harrison after OTAs, so what was a weak pass rush before now becomes a lot stronger. Adding Jason McCourty on the back end, helps fill the role of Malcolm Butler, and Eric Rowe stepped up a lot in later in the season as well. It's going to be nice to finally see the McCourty twins suit up for the Pats next season. As the Browns' number one corner last year, this is a great pickup for the Pats, but that's not all they got from the Browns, as they added some run support in Danny Shelton, who draws comparisons to Vince Wilfork when coming out as a first-round pick a couple years back. On the offensive side of the ball, the Patriots added Jeremy Hill at running back to spearhead their attack with James White and the retaining of Rex Burkhead. Coming from a crowded backfield in Cincy, Jeremy Hill will fit right in with the system in New England. Also, Julian Edelman's coming back, so that helps. He'd obviously take up most of the snaps that Amendola saw last season, especially later in the year. But he provides a better presence for routes over the middle of the field whereas Amendola saw most of his action on outbreaking routes. Edelman can do it all and will be nice to have back, paired with Brandon Cooks and Chris Hogan. Number three. The LA Rams made a huge splash in free agency this year and added a lot of talent to a team that already grew leaps and bounds last season. The Rams' defense was in need of a lot of help on the back end, 
and they went out and filled not one, but both corner spots with lockdown players. Trading for both Marcus Peters and Aqib Tlaib, the Rams created one of the best secondaries in the league basically overnight. On that same side of the ball, they bring in Ndamukong Sue from Miami, and the interior of their defensive line is an absolute force to be reckoned with after Sue is paired with Aaron Donald, who may be considered uh, the best player in the league, period, by some. You can't double-team both guys, so this is bound to give offensive lines headaches all season long. The Rams are scary on defense. And offensively, the Rams led the league in scoring last year. They lost Sammy Watkins in free agency, but they are in the market for just about every player that is on the trading block, including one Odell Beckham Jr. If OBJ goes from the Big Apple to Hollywood, the Rams have themselves an NFL super team. Number four. The Minnesota Vikings come in at number four. The Vikings already had one of the most well-rounded rosters in the entire league from top to bottom, and that was before they added Captain Kirk Cousins. Getting what they feel like was the missing piece in a Super Bowl run, the Vikings are primed to make another deep playoff push this upcoming season. With Diggs and Thielen on the outside and Dalvin Cook returning from injury, their offense has a multitude of weapons. And with a defense that was ranked at or near the top of the league in every statistical category, the new-look Purple People Eaters are going to be scary yet again next season. Number 5. The Pittsburgh Steelers. The Steelers were quiet as usual in free agency, but they didn't need to make waves to have one of the most premier rosters in the league. They have the killer bees in Big Ben, Le'Veon Bell, and Antonio Brown. In the addition of Juju Smith-Schuster, last season rounded out an incredible offensive attack. Defensively, the Steelers have some work to do in my opinion, but a rotating cast of players that now has an entire offseason to work together and tighten up some of the holes in their zone should be much improved next season. With an offense that has a chance to put up 40-plus points on you any given week, the Steelers have to be regarded as a top-five team in the league. So there's my top five teams in the league after free agency, and there's much more excitement coming up with the draft right around the corner at the end of this month. With that, I think I'm about ready to wrap up the first edition of the Murata Mode podcast, so I want to thank everyone for listening in, and I hope that you tune back in when episode two finally drops. I'm Eddie Murata. Thanks again. Catch you later, knuckleheads. Knuckleheads.